a joy as always, and congratulations on the book. Thanks. Super, super excited. It's only taken me 10 years. (laughs) (laughs) You could restore it all. Hi, and welcome to Backup Central's Restore It All podcast. I'm your host, W. Curtis Preston, and with me, as always, is Trapezius Milkington, Persona Maliandi. How's it going, Persona? I'm good, Curtis. How are you doing? So now that we've turned on this podcast, or now that Zencaster offers video, I can now see you face-to-face, and you got some stubble growing on there. Yeah, yeah, this is, you know, I think I've actually shaved maybe, I don't know, three or four times in the last 12 months. Um, at best, what I do is I, I take a trimmer at this point and I, I trim down, like I don't shave, shave. I just trim down to the lowest. I just take all the scraggly hair. No, what I was saying, the, the blade guards, I take all, all the okay. blade guards. And then this is just a trimmer. You know, I take it down to as low as it'll go without actually shaving. I was hoping you would like, you were like starting to grow your beard. No, like, my, like no, me. come I'm on. Not, that's, that's literally never going to happen. Just don't, don't want to do that. Um, I've tried it. I've tried it. I, you know, and I got past the scratchy sage, but I just, I just never got used to having that. Uh, we also, we, 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 we asked, uh, Lily, you know, my granddaughter, we asked mm-hmm. Lily the other day as whether or not we think Papa should grow a beard. And I got a, I got a big no from <gasps> Lily. So really, yeah, so there you go. You got vetoed by, by maybe because she's never seen you with a beard. No, maybe beard because she's she seen other know? people with beards and she thinks they look weird. Okay, you win. <laughs> uh, by the way, Persona and I do both work with Druva. This is not a Druva podcast. The opinions that you hear are ours. Please also rate us at ratethispodcast.com slash restore. And uh, we'd love to have you as a guest. If you had a fire, if you had a something, if you, if you, if nothing ever bad has happened to you, but you've got good, you got stories about your backup system or related systems, whatever, we'd love to have you on. Anyway, so what are we talking about today? Well, I wanted to continue on, you know, this topic uh, of, you know, further discussions about things that we should talk about because of what happened in France last month, specifically the OVH data center fire. And, um, you know, if you don't know, if you're a listener and you don't know what I'm talking about, it means that you haven't heard the previous podcast, which you maybe should go do. But long story short, OVH, which I I refer to them as Europe's largest cloud provider. I should I I want to rephrase that they are the largest cloud provider headquartered in Europe. That's very mm. different than saying Europe's largest <laughs> cloud provider. I might have received a few private messages from maybe a, a large cloud provider that we know. <laughs> that said, Hey man, they're not even close. You know, I was like, okay, but, but, but they're, but they're based in Europe. They're the largest one based in Europe. Right. Like, well, yeah. Okay. All right. So I just need to headquartered, headquartered. Yeah. Headquartered in Europe. Um, cause they're headquartered in France and this data center fire. And go ahead. And so I was just going to say, just because people might be listening to this later, this happened in March of 2021. Um, it was a huge fire. You know, if you, it's interesting. If you look at the data center, it appears to be one of these that's built out of shipping containers. I did see that. Yeah. 
<laughs> uh, not that that's good or bad, but just just an interesting observation. But the pictures are god awful. Like I don't know if you've seen some of these. The pic, the, the, the one that really stands out to me is there, there's one that's taken from across the. There's some sort of body of water right next to this data center, and there's a picture taken from across that body of water. I don't know if it's a river or or a lake or whatnot, but it it's just the the flames are just horrific, right? Oh yeah. Um, and and the thing is, well, why didn't they have fire suppression? Well, they had fire suppression, and the fire suppression was tested. The fire suppression worked, but what they had was just a, you know, it's like uh, what's that? Um, what's that chemical that you could create, and when you set it on fire, it's like a thermite. Yeah, thermite. So it's it, it's like thermite like if you had thermite in a fire suppression system it's not going to work right it's i think the data center fire was like that that something happened that because that's what what i'm reading is that whatever happened was just way beyond whatever fire suppression systems uh that they had um to which i want to respond um you know well what about like halon and just removing Mm -hmm. the oxygen because i can thermite i mean like if you remove the oxygen from the data center wouldn't wouldn't that, that stop would even work. thermite i think because of, yeah. of the fire triangle right yeah you need fuel heat and oxygen oxygen um remove the oxygen so i don't know but but most as you know mo- most data center fire suppression systems are just water mm. right um yeah which is weird yeah, yeah. I uh, I remember we had we had it back in in you know at MBNA a hundred years ago, and we had water based, and mm. uh, they said that the halon was simply too expensive. That it, mm. that 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 refilling the halon system was more expensive than rebuilding the dish. Is <laughs> basically what they said. So they're like, so we just use was we just use water. So so I watch a lot of YouTube where people build drag racing cars. Uh-huh. And they always talk about their fire pr- suppression systems. And I actually got to see one recently where the car caught fire. And luckily the person like pulls the knob, deploys a fire suppression system. And it like sprays like their knees. It sprays the engine compartment. It sprays everything down. Because that quickly, right, that could go up really fast. And by the time firefighters get out there, you might be in trouble. So fire suppression, good. Yeah, fire suppression, good, but not perfect, right? So last uh, episode, we talked about, um, you know, and, and, and it, it appears uh, there, there are, there's certainly at least one customer who is publicly claiming, well, no, it's not, you know, it's not just a claim there. So you, you pointed out to me that this tweet that I responded to um, that was of the CEO. So Octave Klaba, which is the CEO of OVH. So he, he sent this is he had this long string of tweets and one thing that he listed was you had the paid backup but the paid backup was destroyed too even if the paid backup was local for the purpose of human errors tech failure we will refund all paid backup all time and you will get 3 years for free with new multi dc backup we will offer which is essentially an admission that the previous backup system was not multi-data center. Yep. And the the reason why that's a big deal is first off, 
I just I'm 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 angry. I'm just angry. I'm just I'm angry that 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 a professional company took money for a backup service that that they knew was backing up data into the same data center that they were backing up. And then he's trying to he's trying to put he's trying to put um uh positive spin. Yeah, he's trying to say, well, even though this was for human errors and tech failures, in other words, he's saying it wasn't for fire suppression. Or but that's or like the, why else would you have a backup service, you know? Right. So he yeah, so so people I like I, I have I have very little sympathy for people who put data into the cloud into and pick your cloud but it doesn't matter and i'm not anti-cloud i am not anti-cloud i'm huge pro cloud all you know always have been really um but i have zero sympathy for people that move their data into the cloud ignore everything you and i have said right and they're just like oh it's the cloud and so it's magic and i don't have to back it up and then those people and their companies lost everything because of this OVH fire. I have zero sympathy. I, I really do. Having said that, I do have sympathy for the companies that they're not Paid professionals. The they read things like triple replication. They read things mm -hmm. in the, the, uh, the, so this customer, there's a customer that has responded to some of the tweets. This customer, there's a quote from uh, his uh, his service agreement that says that backups will be physically isolated. Those were the words that OVH used, physically isolated from the backups, you know, from the data that it's backing up. Uh, of course- From the infrastructure in which the customer's virtual private server is installed. Right. So, okay. So what does physically isolated mean? Mm. Right. I mean, if I put something over in the corner, you know, I, you know, I got a three-year-old, you know, toddler and I, and I punish them and I send them to the corner. They're now physically isolated from the rest of the group. They're not, they're not separate. Right. Um, and so I do have some sympathy for people that read phrases like triple replication and physical isolation and assumed that that meant Surely, surely they don't replicate three times within In the same a data same data center. And 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 surely, when they say physically isolated, they don't mean just a different rack. <laughs> well, let's hope it was a different rack. Well, it, it, well, it was apparently, <laughs> At least. but it, but it's over. But when you see those pictures of that fire, yeah, that's not going to help you. That's not going to help that. you physically isolated. You know, uh, it, I mean, I, I just, I, I'm just, I'm just livid that a professional designed a backup system that they charged money for. That offered this level that, of that, service. That this is what the service level that they offered, right? You know what, though, Curtis? What? This isn't the first and this won't be the only time that someone will offer a service like this. Do, do you have another story? No, I'm just oh, okay. saying, like, think about Microsoft. 
right? Yeah. Microsoft 365, what they offer. Well, but but they don't advertise what they offer as a backup service. That's, that, I guess that's you know, true. Like if, if it, it, it'd be like if 365 or G Suite offered a backup and that backup and, and, and one that you pay extra for and that that backup mm-hmm. stored everything you know, right around the corner That's <laughs> from true. like, in this case, they had two different data centers. OVH, uh, it was like OVH one and OVH two or something like that. And OVH three. Um, and the, I think two is the one that caught fire and three was damaged due to smoke, uh, mm-hmm. smoke damage from the other data center yeah. catching fire. Uh, and I think we talked about this last yeah, time we, where we were talking about the pictures. Yeah. And so them scrubbing the crazy smoke scrubbing, damage. Right? Yeah. So, so even, I mean, I just, I don't know. Like, well, well, first off, a data center is probably not good enough. Well, a data, yeah. That, well, well, yeah. that data center needs to be phys- physically isolated. Yeah. That's a phrase that I always, always say. It needs to be geographically, yeah, dispersed from yes, from the you know, uh, and in la- and last and last podcast we talked about what an availability zone meant, and I think yep. I was comfortable with the verbiage that we got out of an availability zone, that if I backed up from one availability zone to another availability zone, that would be something. I I, Mm -hmm. I do have some concerns about regional, um, regional failures, like, you know, a natural disaster. Yeah. So maybe let's talk about, do you want to talk about sort of what? So I, I, when I read about designing for the cloud, there's a phrase that comes up, over and over again, and I bet you know what that is. Design for failure. Yes, absolutely. And what does that what does that mean? Basically, don't assume don't assume that things will work. Well, actually, I would say I would say the opposite of that. Assume that they will assume work. that things will yes. Assume, assume that things will break. Yeah. So when they say design for failure, it means make sure that your design can overcome a major failure, and that failure can be a lot of things. Right. It could be, um, you know, let's just sort of go through the list. Obviously, this this current well, one. What? Well, go ahead. Yeah. Well, well, before you get there. Yeah. I think one of the things that I remember reading about was Netflix. Everyone uses Netflix, yes. right? They stream. And Netflix is uh, was very popular for starting this sort of assume nothing works uh, with their chaos monkey, which would basically is wall that, the stuff a, is up. Is that a Netflix term? The chaos monkey? I believe chaos monkey came from Netflix. I like the term, by the way. I could be wrong, but yeah, but basically they kind of wanted to understand how resilient is their service when things go wrong. So they would basically bring down compute instances, networking issues, just to see, are we covered? Because you don't want an end user who's in the middle of streaming a video to all of a sudden be like, oh, sorry, you failed, right? They want to make sure they can handle that. I'm in the middle of my current episode of Tiger King and I can't, I can't have that stop. Well, and even, yeah, and I think it's not even just, okay, I need to now click a button to resume. Netflix doesn't even want you to have to click anything. Right, it should right, be seamless right. that it just keeps going without you having to interact. And so Chaos Monkey was kind of what Netflix has as a framework, if you will, a tool to kind of go around shooting things in the head and seeing what happens. And they and I'm looking online and Chaos Monkey actually is a GitHub, like it's a project that you can... You can download. It says Chaos Monkey is responsible for randomly terminating instances in production to ensure that engineers implement their services to be resilient to instance failure. 
I, I like that. It's a, so 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 basically, you can deploy this in your own thing. So so let's talk about the things that could go wrong in the cloud, sure. right? So obviously, sure. we started with one of them: an entire data center catches fire, and I would mm-hmm. I would expand that to a, a, a disaster that takes out that 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 physically damages a region. Um, you know, things that come to mind that would fall under that would be war. Um, uh, what do you call Even it? Hurricanes. Um, hurricane. Yeah. Even hurricanes, earthquakes. floods, floods are huge. But of course, some of these are why you don't put an Amazon region in New Orleans. Yeah. Right. Um, which is for those that don't know, New Orleans is under uh, sea level, um, which just seems wrong anyway, but, but, but that's it. But that's New Orleans. But you don't put a data center in um, Venice, right? Because Venice is notoriously occasionally underwater. <laughs> yep. um, so you don't, you don't do that from a cloud perspective. Uh, this is why actually I was reading an article about this and they were, they were talking about how that areas that are politically stable. Um, mm-hmm. So war is an issue or could be an issue, mm-hmm. right? So they're looking for politically stable. They're looking for environmentally stable regions. Mm-hmm. They're also looking for um, uh, a significant available amount of power. Although many, if not most of these data centers are now building their own power infrastructures, right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and, um, but e- even if all of that happens, um there are still that's regional the disasters, right? right? There's still yeah. regional disasters that could take out an entire region. So that's one of the things is that basically the the place where you're at could become physically damaged to the point that it's no longer able to function. So that's one of them. And then the next thing would be similar, but but different. The, the data center isn't damaged, but it can't get power. Yeah. Right. Um, that that's. I, I think the effects, or it has a network issue, uh, or issue. it has a network issue. Right. Um, yeah. uh, that basically, it, it, there, there's nothing wrong with the actual data center, but it's unable to function. That could be something. And then the other, uh, very similar, and that is, uh, I'm sorry, the the other thing that could happen is electronic damage to the data. Right. Um, I, I was just reading and they were talking about a guy. There's an article that I was reading and it was um, was talking about a thing that happened. Let me see if I can find this. Um, the article. How about this for an article, an article title, The Sacred Fire of a Data Center. So there was uh, in May of 2017, over 75,000 people had their three day weekend plans thrown into chaos when British Airways suffered a massive data center fa- data center failure. This downtime was caused by a single engineer who disconnected and incorrectly reconnected the power supply, triggering a power surge that disrupted their infrastructure. Right. So th- there may be nothing wrong with the infrastructure, but but something electronically happens, right? It it either uh well, like like that Well the, that affects the data. Yeah, that right? that actually screws up the data right and 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 i think sometimes we talk about things in terms of like if i look at like amazon's s3 storage service right they talk about availability versus durability right 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 which is the difference between the data being available that you can access that you versus the fact that is my data correct 
Right. Right. And stored and being able to be read back. And so, so similarly, other things that could damage the data are things like cyber attacks, right? And, and that, and cyber attacks can come in a variety of different forms, uh, you know, from a ransomware attack to a, um, just something that just a DDoS attack or what was the other one you just said? Oh, I was just going to say like even a malicious user, like internal threats as well. Right, right. All of those tend to go at, they either corrupt, you can encrypt just the right files and the server stops working, right? Mm -hmm. Or you might go and encrypt the actual data itself, right? But uh, but either way, you, you've, you've sort of electronically, digitally damaged the infrastructure. Um, and did, is there anything else that we could, I mean, cause that, that's basically, it's either I think that's you're unavailable, yeah. you're physically damaged or you're, or you're digitally damaged. Does that? Yep. That I think cover? that covers it. And so, so, and so designing for failure means that you need to be able to be able to respond to, to any of those things. So you, you've spent a lot more time than I have in that cloud you know, production design world, um, what, what kind of things do people do so that they're able to survive? You know, what does Netflix do like to be able yeah. to survive so, uh, an outage? Sure. So I don't, I can't speak specifically about Netflix, of but not. I think in a lot of cases, right. Uh, what you want to do is make sure that your application itself is highly available. Mm -hmm. Right. And not just that it is available in one availability zone, but maybe it's across availability zones and potentially even across regions. So if you're using a service like Amazon S3, or if you're using Amazon's relational database service, RDS, right, those usually are regional services. Mm -hmm. So it makes sure that your data is replicated. The service, like if you're using a database service, is available across multiple regions. Right. Now, if you want to be able to go across regions and handle those sort of failures, you, you're looking at some sort of replication. Um, I know with Aurora and DynamoDB, they've added sort of global tables, which allow you to have a single database table span regions, okay. such that you don't necessarily have to worry about a failure in a single availability zone or so region. Is there, the data is replicated. Is there no such thing as multi-region S3? So... There is no such capability today. For S3, you have to replicate. So you can take a bucket and replicate it to another region. Um, so, but it's different buckets. Okay. So because my understanding is, for example, Google uh, Cloud Storage can do this. Offers, yeah. They do offer a multi-regional yeah. object. Yeah. But as far as I know, S3 does not offer that today. So you can use replication time control to replicate your data in the same AWS region or across. Yep. So CC, uh, sorry, CRR is what AWS calls it, cross-region replication yeah. for S3 to replicate the data. Yeah. Um, DynamoDB has global tables. I believe AWS's Aurora service also has global method. And sometimes it's even a matter of just having an active and a standby. So maybe your database instance in a different region is a replica, if you will. Right. And so it might lag slightly, but it's in standby in case you need a failover. So basically look at the services, see if they offer some sort of availability, high availability functionality. Also for your applications, you might need to build that into your app itself. You could certainly, to either is it, this is something where something like, um, 
Kubernetes and containers really comes into play, yeah. right? Because you can easily build that into the configuration. Yeah. Which might explain so just the popularity sure. of Kubernetes and, <laughs> and containers. Yep. Yeah. And if you're using like EC2 instances from Amazon, right, you could take snapshots, replicate the snapshot over, right, those sort of things. There will be a lag. Or if your application is completely stateless and relying on a database to actually store the data, you could also use that and not have to worry because I could just spin up my compute instance somewhere else, connect to the database and be up and running. But so it depends on how your application is. The database is multi region. Yep. Right. That is correct. Um, And so you just need to look at each piece of the infrastructure and make sure that you could turn off any part of the infrastructure and the rest of the world continues on without a, without a, and this also includes even networking. A lot of people forget about that, uh-huh. but also making sure that like your DNS servers, if you have any, or Active Directory, right? All these things are also highly available because that is part of your infrastructure. That is part of your application. So don't forget about those pieces as well. What do people forget about? DNS Not and networking. I forgot. See. You're killing me, Curtis. Killing me. Um, all right. So, so yeah, that's how so, you sort so what of handle regional. So how, how do you, how do you plan, how do you design for failure with networking? Oh boy. So I think with networking, it's a little bit more difficult depending on what it is, right? So if it's, um, network routes, et cetera, maybe you are using an abstraction on top of your physical network and connecting them together. So two different regions might be connected together with a virtual network on top. We talked about that with with Adi. Adi, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So with Ananda this Networks, was, that that could be an example of a multi uh, of a, an abstraction layer on top. Basically, network virtualization would be. Yep. Right. Um, by the way, that there was <clears throat> there's a related story to the OVH fire that there was a Google outage in Russia that Google is claiming had nothing to do with the OVH fire, but that it it was it was simultaneous with the OVH fire. Oh, crazy. Um, but what there's, what they're saying is that some, it appears that maybe some routes were, this is what made me think about it, is that I, I think something was routed through the OVH data mm. center, right? It's not that the yeah. Google's service in Russia was hosted in the OVH, but, but, yeah. uh, but there was some the routing, changes. routing. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, networking. Let me, so let me ask you this. Is this more of a problem in the cloud? Then when we had data centers, is this is this an area where the cloud is not as good as a data center? Not really. In the data center, you still had all these problems you had to deal with, right? You had to make sure I had duplicate servers somewhere else. I had to you had to make sure that you were replicating your data or that the database you chose was highly available. So you had a lot more planning you had to do on your side and figure things out. The cloud makes it a little easier because you don't necessarily have to worry about a lot of those pieces because they're offered as services. But at the same time, don't just assume that, oh, it's a cloud service, therefore it's highly available across multiple regions. You have to go do the research to dig into things. Yeah. In fact, (laughs) I think the the core thing that we're saying here is assume assume that it's not and prove yourself otherwise, right? and 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 I, and I was asking that somewhat as a rhetorical question. Like I, I knew, I mean, I remember back when I was managing data centers, and we didn't have this stuff. <laughs> we didn't have multi-region replication. I mean, it, I mean, this was, you know, it was a long time ago. But 
but uh, I mean, I'm coming up on 30 years. Goodness gracious. In, Goodness in a year and a half, gracious. it will have been 30 years. Um, the, you know, we had, we had tapes for goodness sake. We had tape yeah. boxes of tapes. That was our DR plan. And th- that, this was a $35 billion bank. Um, but I, I knew that there were banks that did cross region replication and stuff. Yeah. So yes, this is not a problem in the cloud. The problem is that people think that it isn't a problem in the cloud. They're like, it's in the cloud. So it's magic. And I think what the OVH fire is showing us is that the cloud is not magic. And I think one of the other things, and I don't know if you see this as true as well, I think some of it is because in the cloud, sometimes you have your cloud ops guys versus your application developers, right? The people or your DevOps cloud ops guys. And so the people who are worrying about the availability, all these other aspects are separate than the application guys. Maybe it might have been the same on premises as well, but at least on premises, the cloud guys or the app guys would ask a question, hey, how are you replicating things? How are things highly available, right? They were maybe a little bit more hands-on with what was going on in the infrastructure. Now, yeah. maybe that's just my thinking about things and my view, but... You think so? All right. So we've talked about designing the primary infrastructure for availability. Well, designing it designing it for failure, designing it in such a way that parts of it can oh, fail and continue. Yeah. By the way, sorry, just... Uh, yeah briefly on that uh, production applications. So a lot of the cloud providers realize that people don't understand how to build their apps for the cloud. And so there are sort of best practices. I know AWS calls it the well-architected review process, right? That people should read and understand how they should be building their apps to be resilient, to be available, to be durable in these various scenarios that are running in the cloud. Yeah. So make sure you follow those best practices when follow you're building apps. Follow those best practices and 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 ask your cloud vendor things like what would happen to us if what happened to OVH happened to us? And hopefully your cloud vendor will go, uh, you're screwed, right? That they would be open and honest and yeah. transparent about your scenario, right? Yeah. And they'll probably tell you, by the way, you probably want to do X, Y, or Z to yes. make sure that you can handle this scenario. Yes. Um, so... Uh, I, you know, I've lived, you know, my, you know, my whole career has been about sort of, I also designed for failure, my backup systems are designed for failure, meaning that the whole point of a backup system is in case of failure. Right. Um, so th- that's the other thing is I, I, my sort of base and sure you can say it's my it's my go-to recommendation. And that is, well, first off, don't assume that the backup service exists, which is what a lot of people that are doing 365 and Salesforce and, you know, and AWS and and Google cloud. And, you know, don't assume that they're providing backups for you. Number one, please, please don't do that because it's almost certainly not true, right? People don't just do things uh, out of the goodness of their heart, right? It, it costs money to make a decent backup system. It costs even more money to make that backup system resilient to failure, right? Um, and so that's number one. So it's a, so I, so don't do that. Don't don't assume that it's being done. And number two, don't buy a backup service from a cloud vendor that doesn't specifically state how your data is being protected. 
against. Totally agree. So when you look at, and don't buy wishy-washy product terminology. So, so when I look at OVH, they said triple replicated. That sounds good. Triple replicated where? They say physically isolated. What does physically isolated mean, right? Obviously, you know, we know AWS a lot and Azure and all these, they all have tools that you can use to provide backup within that functionality. But each of them specifically states what happens when you use those tools, mm-hmm. right? So so what happens, for example, yeah, when it, what yeah. happens when I do an EC2 snapshot? Yeah. So when you do an EC2 snapshot, it takes a snapshot of the volume. Well, I would right? say a copy. And I know- I hate the so, fact that they wait, call this a snapshot. Wait, I know. I'm okay, going to okay, okay, okay. they take a snapshot of the volume okay. and then that copy is moved and stored in S3 which gets triple replicated across multiple availability zones in a region. Okay. So the snapshot is copied into S3 which is triple replicated within across availability zones but within a region. So and you have yeah. an option to also replicate that EBS snapshot to a different region as well. Okay. But but again, but that's you have specific- to make sure you do it. Yes, yeah. you have to make sure you do it. And that's specifically stated in the definition of the service of what that means. Right. Yep. Um, and so it's not that tools that are provided by the cloud vendors are bad. It's that you need to understand specifically what those tools are doing from a replication perspective. You're the customer, right? Say, are my backups protected? Whatever it is, whether it's a service provided and get it in writing. Are my backups protected in, um, you know, against what happened to OVH, right? Um, are they protected against a region-wide failure? That that's really important. Not just a not just a local uh, an availability zone failure, but a region wide failure. Are they protected against that? And and if their answer is no, then then address that now rather than you know becoming a cautionary tale. I would and maybe this is one of those you know to a hammer everything looks like a nail. To me, it seems like the easy way to make sure that your backup is being done in a way that backup people would be happy with is to use a third party backup service <laughs> that like it's literally their entire purpose there it's their 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 raison d'etre was that the mm-hmm. it's it's it means reason for being reason right to. well I, I i but but at the same time I, you can't assume that a third party backup service is any better than a you know a natively provided ask the same question ask the yeah. same questions ask them of druva yeah, so ask the same questions of your backup service provider, right? I do think that if you're backing up the data out of something and put it in, putting it into another something, even the worst other something is still better than having it all in the same system. Any any final Curtis's words of wisdom. <laughs> the the what what's the so basically the the worst third party is better than the best on-premises backup system? I don't, know. I don't know if I can put that into uh, a... Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I tried. I tried. Dang it. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else in our Design for Failure podcast? No. I think it's good. And then also... Oh, I think the last thing is test, test, test your oh, backups. Oh, how did I... How did I not? Yeah. Can, by the way, so here's a here's a funny thing. So I, I just finished... By the way, today's a big day, Persona. <gasps> 
Why, Curtis? The book went to print today. Oh, <gasps> yay! Yeah. So, so when does it hit the shelves? Uh, so, elect. So, by the time you hear this podcast, you will be able to buy either an ebook or a print copy of Modern Data Protection from O'Reilly and Associates. Me from six weeks ago speaks the truth. Um, you can now purchase a copy of Modern Data Protection at your favorite place that you buy books. So, um, you know, Amazon or Barnes and Nobles or wherever you like to buy books. Or if you'd like to get 35% off, you can use a code just for listeners of this podcast. That's MDP35. Uh, that's only if you purchase the book at O'Reilly.com. So that's uh, MDP35 and you'll get 35% off. As of today, it went to... What, I don't know. Why was I bringing this up? I had a reason. Oh, because I know. Of back I, of verifying. No, 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 yeah. So, so funny thing um, when I was doing the book. So I, I did the book, and we we went into tech review, and it was a uh, it was a longtime listener of the podcast. Uh, my my good friend Stuart Little, that uh, he <laughs> he read the he was doing he was doing the tech review, and he's like, uh, Curtis, you don't have anything in here about testing backups. And I was like, <laughs> like holy crap, how did I leave yeah. how did I leave that out? Because I you know, obviously I It's like the one thing you always talk I about. I know. It's like it's so important to test your backups. So yeah, so speaking of Stuart, he is recovering from knee surgery. So uh, send all the positive energy and prayers and what you can to my friend Stuart Little. Designed for failure in the production side, design for failure in your backup side, and then test both of them. That's the beautiful thing about Chaos Monkey, right? Um, yep. Is, is uh, I do think, and, and I think that's the beautiful thing about the way our, uh, you know, the way Druva's disaster recovery system works is that you can easily and frequently do a complete test of your disaster recovery system uh, with, with no cost and uh, minimal effort. I, I think that, you know, you should, you should be doing that on our, and, and if, and if activating your DR plan is too painful to test, then maybe you should reconsider your DR plan. Yeah. <laughs> Just a thought. All right. And with that, I will say uh, thanks to everyone for listening and thanks persona for your usual wisdom. Thank you, Curtis. It was a joy as always. And congratulations on the book. Thanks. Super, super excited. It's only taken me 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> better late than never better late than never all right thanks for listening and remember to subscribe so that you can restore it all
Sure, sir. 